can you imagine? I'm getting pregnant immediately. I'm getting pregnant that second. <laughs> I am carrying an elf child that that very second. Hello and welcome to the season finale review of Rings of Power here on Popcorn for Dinner podcast. It's me, Chiazo, with uh, Priscilla this evening. Hello. Priscilla, how are we feeling? Very good. We did it. We did it. It Took us a long time. We made it. God did. God did. God did. That's what we're talking about. I I got my joy back. I got my precious back. I feel like Gollum when he took the ring from Frodo and finally stood on his two legs, looking at the ring with so much unadulterated joy in his eyes. No, I feel, um, like, I feel, like, Kevin Garnett, I feel like Kevin Garnett after the Celtics. I, I, that's where my head's at. Like, I watched the episode <laughs> and I thought, yeah, 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 I got, I got my fantasy back. This, this is my fantasy. Yeah, like, um, look, Apologies to all the clients whose calls I ignored um, to get this to get this in. Ma- Let me not lie. I'm gonna I'm gonna defend I'm gonna defend you here. I watched it. I texted him immediately and I said, "Yo, you need to watch this right and now." I was like, "Yo, <laughs> stop what you're doing and get this on pronto." And I've only seen the first five minutes. <laughs> she said, "Stop making a living and get your bloody TV on." And in the first five minutes, just like her, I realized why. So, yeah, wow. So, what an episode. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be hard to follow the traditional, um, sense of things, which, um, seems to happen whenever we have a good episode. And when I say traditional, obviously we're talking about our usual format of, uh, you know, going from Southlands to Numenor to, uh, Khazar Doom. It was a bit mixed up today. But um, let's go straight to the Harfords um, approaching the Grove. Um, Destiny's Child, um, a.k.a. the, um, oh, what were they called? The Mystics, I think it was? Yes, I don't know. Do we just call them, De- we'll call them Destiny's Child. Everyone knows what I mean. The three, the three school shooters or Destiny Child, whichever mood you're in, uh, takes the stranger and we finally find out what this guy is about. And they give some speech. And they say Lord Sauron, and I'm guessing that's the exact moment. In an order to get Citizen Sauron, I was like, "Yo!" I was like, "You need to watch this because you know what?" Yeah. Oh my day! If it if, if it was if he was Sauron, yeah, mm. I would not be mad because that actually, that shocked me. I was like, "Wait, wait a damn second! I didn't anticipate this one." I didn't anticipate this one. My head was black. But in my head, I was gaslighting myself. I'm like, yeah, there's no way he is. There is no... This guy has too much good in him to be him. But I'm like, is he deceiving me, though? That is exactly it. Like, um, when that reveal, the fake reveal came, I was like, you know what? This is good enough. I can fuck with this. I can... I was already imagining this guy being sour, and I was thinking, oh, all these half-foots are about to die like all this, oh, they're still good in him. None of that Anakin stuff here, bro. This is Sauron, the irredeemable, the irredeemable, the man of many names, the deceiver. 
you know. Um, so when the Harfoots uh, came to rescue him, um, and and uh, Sauron seemed conflicted, I was I was getting a bit irritated. I was like, wait, this ain't Sauron, or this better not be Sauron. As, sure, as soon as you know that thing that directors do, they zoom into the character's face to let the audience know this guy's making a decision. I'm like, decision where, bruv? This is Sauron. So this can't, this is not my Sauron. So I was already, I was already getting slightly annoyed, but it did get saved. And then I think it just got to a point that I was like, this clearly isn't Sauron. And then obviously they help us out and they call him, uh, Anistar, which is, uh, obviously, um, Istari, short for Istari, which we know is, um, of the wizard order. Now, um, I do know that a few people were upset with this. The people that are deep, 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 deep inside Tolkien's uh, universe. And I'll say why is because apparently Gandalf himself no, didn't come. Yeah, it didn't come. Until the Third Age. I didn't think it, I just kept thinking it can't be Gandalf, right? Then he told, what did he say to one of the Harfords? Oh, always follow your nose. Yeah. And he, and he said that. I'm like, wait a damn second. I know yeah. you ain't saying this white man is Gandalf. <laughs> I know you ain't. I'm just the only thing in that entire hour and whatever minutes that irritated me. I'm like, there is no way in heck you're telling me that's Gandalf. He doesn't exist then. He's, it's, he's way too young. It's like so that reveal itself was so on the nose that it just had to be. I mean, he even said her full name, like he said, Mary. Uh, you know, everyone knows, sorry, Pippin's full name. We all know he, they're in Moria. They don't know where to go. And if in doubt, always follow your nose. Follow the end of nose. So it felt on the nose. Now, a lot of the people that had a problem with this scene, um, which we're kind of skipping to the end there, but it's fine. Let's finish off the stranger's art. Um, they kind of felt that the, or they were praying that maybe this is just something wizards say in general, because uh, this person being Gandalf does not fit in um, with the timeline. The law. Do you know what I mean? So they were hoping he's part of a race called the Blue Wizard, which yeah. um, I don't know anything about. Um, apparently, most people don't because. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah, because. Um, That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, it doesn't make sense for that to be Gandalf. Ah, you know, but at the same time, you know, the Leonardo DiCaprio picture, you've got like um, that meme where he's like clicking. He's like, <laughs> 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 he said it. He said the thing. I was like, he said the thing. He said, yeah. he said the nose. And then, and then I, I clocked. I was like, wait, who says follow the nose? And I was like, Gandalf. And I was like, no. Because for me, I just hope. After reading the interview that I sent to you, yeah. and I will I will tweet out the link to the interview as well in case other people want to see it as well, with the writers of the show for what they're going to prep for season two. Yeah. They seem too on it for it to be Gandalf. I think so. It would be... They they wouldn't do that. They, it would be a car crash considering how successfully they ended the season. And I don't yeah. think I can wait till 2024. I need it now. Yeah, I know, right? I can't wait. I need it now. And, and the thing is, we, we still have to, I know, yeah, people will definitely be annoyed at that, especially because it seems so on the nose, but they have, um, these guys do specialize in red herrings. They kind of say something that's so obvious. Um, they kind of say stuff that's so obvious that it's like, 
or maybe this is a complete misdirection and we can only we could we could even be like this is a wizard that Gandalf gets that phrase from do you know what I mean like maybe you know obviously this person you would imagine is older and wiser than Gandalf also if you read Tolkien we know that Gandalf arrived on a ship not in a meteor so mm-hmm. There is still a lot of hope. And, you know, there were some reveals for other people as well. And they didn't actually say um, what, you know, when they've said their name straight away or made it beyond, you know, there's no, absolutely no doubt. But with uh, Gandalf or who we think is Gandalf, um, that wasn't said. And even on Amazon Prime, um, I know this is potential, potentially silly, but I'm just going to go with it. When an unknown character is speaking, I always have my subtitles on. If that person's name is confirmed, they would they would change the name in the subtitles in terms of who was speaking. Yeah. But every time he spoke, he was still being called the stranger. So I'm just holding out hope that this isn't confirmed as uh, Gandalf. Even, even in that little thing that Prime do with all the actors and little trivia things there, he's still the stranger, yeah, which exactly. makes me think that... Yeah, I think they want to be like, oh, like, yeah. here's for here's for y'all, you like the lore and the yeah. films and stuff. Uh, but I don't think they're fully gonna fully go there. If that makes any sense, they. Mm. I noticed a lot in this episode. They did a little few tidbits of like, hip, here's something for you. Here's something for yeah. you. Here's something for you. <laughs> um, so I think that was one of the things um, because it wouldn't. Because for me, it would be absolute suit of sides if they made him gang up. <laughs> It generally would be a suicide. Like that's a suicide yeah. mission. You've literally trapped, strapped a bomb on your chest and detonated it. That makes no logical sense. Yeah, you've handled everything very well in this final episode. Do not let that be the thing you get remembered for. Unfortunately, yeah. they gave themselves a lot of leg room, and I'm happy that they didn't reveal a name because it keeps it more. There's a mystique going into it now because now I'm actually intrigued of what's going to happen now with him. Who is he? I know he's powerful, powerful enough for other people to think he's Sauron. Yeah. Like, he must be OP for these Destiny Childs to go, wait a second, like... Yeah, I thought it was you, Robert. You're, like, you're, you're, yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're the top Inquisitor, aren't you? Like, you're, you're the big daddy, like, you're Darth Vader, isn't it? And he was like, nah, man. <laughs> no, those are like, um, you see, this is why you can't, you can't flop. Like, you know, these guys were basically the, um, Destiny's Child, that is, are the equivalents of um, the Death Eaters that were trying to bring um, my guy Voldemort back. You can't flop. You can't bring up. Imagine like, imagine like they went to the top, the wrong grave, and like didn't dig up Tom Riddle, um, Tom Riddle's bones or whatever, or bones of his father. Sorry, uh, to break that curse. You, you can't flop like that, man. This is your master's big moment. You can't flop like, oh, this is the wrong guy. What? Yeah. Come on, man. What did Kim say? Get to work. It, it was still um, very exciting. And um, because, um, you know, because it's the finale, um, I think with each scene, we'll sort of just give our closing thoughts on these characters. So we know the Harfoots, um, Nori, the adventurous one, uh, you know, Little Miss Bilbo Baggins. I mean, that's basically what it is. You know, says she's part of something bigger now. We're not quite sure what. Um, and wants to go off with Gandalf to Rune because Destiny's Child told us that that is where um, this wizard can find out the truth about everything. Um, so she departs her clan. Um, you know, I think uh, Lenny Henry survives, but this might be the end of his story. Um, mm-hmm. 
to be honest, I think that's the end of the story with all the half-foots apart from Nori now. So just in terms of um, The Stranger, the build-ups to The Strangers, let's call it the half-reveal, um, and the um, half-foots themselves, you know, what did you make of their depiction? Were you happy with their place in the story? Do you want to, you know, what do you want to see from them next season before we move on uh, to the other characters? Um, I actually quite liked it because they did exactly what me and you were worried about, worried about and were wanting of them and what we were worried about they weren't going to do, which is that you're there, you're involved in the in the drama, but you're not involved in the nitty gritty yeah. in the actual meat of it. And you just have your own storylines. You know, I have my own motivation of wanting you to survive. Like you're just focused on getting to just basically surviving, getting to point A to B and C. So I quite liked it. I really do like Nori. I've got the biggest soft spot for her. Yeah. Um, I quite like the fact that she sees the stranger, whoever the man is, um, as she sees the good in him. Yeah, yeah. And it seems to be like the one person, like, I don't, it's, it's as if he's never had that before to someone truly believe in him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I like their relationship because it's quite nice. Um, I think it's a different dynamic to um, a lot of... Do you know what it reminds me of? This is such... I know we always go back to friends. It reminds me of Ari and the Hound. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's interesting. That sort of, like, younger girl, like, older guy thing going on. Yeah. Uh, where the guy doesn't necessarily believe in the fact that he's truly moral and good and she's trying to convince him that he is. And that's what that reminded me of because it's Nori constantly going, like, you're actually pretty good. And he's like, no, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's only till like... Yeah, only till like... He fully deeped what she was trying to tell him. Like, no, like, you can choose. You don't have yeah. to be this bad person. And he's like, you know what? And that's when he says, I am good. But when he confirms that he's not Sauron. Yeah. So, yeah, I really liked it. Um, I really loved the, I loved them getting drunk. Um, <laughs> I loved Lenny Henry's character. I almost yeah. cried when he said that, oh, let's just watch the sunset. <laughs> oh, that's it. Yeah. I was like, this is so, he did really, really well. The limited screen time. He had, he stole the show each time. Yeah, he was there. Like I, I felt like I didn't want him to go. Yeah, no, definitely. I actually wanted him to stick around in comparison to the other half foots. And when <laughs> she said bye to her little bestie as well. Yeah, yeah, that was that was that was cute, man. That was cute. But I, I do think it's they, Frodo and Sam. <laughs> yeah, it was that was Frodo and Sam. And like like I said, um, you know, props to the person that um did the soundtrack um for this show because. It wasn't, obviously it wasn't Peter Jackson, but it did have that feel. Mm. Uh, it just felt like Lord of the Rings music. And for those that have watched the trilogy should know what I'm talking about. Um, and yeah, that was done really well. Like, so for me, um, again, similar to you, I, I think I'm happy with the Harfoots and the way they've built up, um, the stranger in his half reveal and stuff like that. And I think that's when we leave the rest of the clan behind and that the only Harfoot we'll be seeing is, uh, Nori now. How I think they'll function in season two is this guy isn't confirmed as Gandalf. And the other thing we need to know as well is that the Astari, yes, okay, they were sent to um, defeat Sauron when Sauron rises and stuff like that, or any servants of Melkor um, or Morgoth. Um, the only thing is the fact that this guy has been having like a moral dilemma since he woke up. I'm just wondering if Nori in season two is just going to act as like that moral anchor to stop him from going off the edge. Cause even Gandalf talks about how, 
like again in the fellowship when he, he knows if he took the ring he would be a, a you know great and too terrible power to imagine so these guys aren't like set in stone that they're good we saw that Sauron uh, sorry Saruman turned as well so it's not guaranteed that these guys are good and that that's the only sort of relationship I see uh, between them going into the next season but we'll see what happens when he goes to Rune and uh, remembers who he is so uh the next uh the next part um we have um and saving best till last though we already know what the best is so we've got a brief brief stop in Numenor with um the king and Isildur's uh fictional sister um Irwin I think um her name is pronounced it's got the Ormalt in the A and so I've got no idea yeah. how to pronounce that um and we see that the king is dying um, you know, we've got, uh, Mr. Brexit there saying that we need to start preparing for his death. So Irwin appears to be one of the artists that are there to, you know, take his likeness so that they can, you know, put him on his tomb. Uh, the king wakes up and thinks he's talking to Muriel, his daughter, and tries to warn her if we don't go back to the old ways, uh, all will be lost. Um, I don't know if he's referring to the prophecy here. I mean, what did you what did you make of that warning? Did you have any like initial theories about what he might have been talking about? It's a bit it's a bit King Viserys, isn't it? Dying words. To That's exactly the wrong what person. I was going to say to the wrong person. Yeah, yeah, because what is now worrying me, and they've opened Pandora's box to do it, and this is where the good writing comes in, and I'll give them credit for it now. She's besties or doing a little thing with. Farazon's son. Yeah. She's going to tell Farazon's son what she heard. Yeah. Farazon's son is going to tell Farazon. The Farazon's going to use that to his own advantage in the conversation. I thought, cl- oh, this isn't good. Farazon, man. This guy. The pressure is getting worse for the <laughs> Queen Regent. It's getting worse because as soon as I saw her, I thought, hey, this is going to be bad. Yeah. The way it's going to rock her. Yeah. Like, it's given Alison, it's given Green and Blacks, because <laughs> the way that this girl, like, Isildur's, whatever, I can't say her name, I'm not even going to bother, but uh, his sister, yeah, she's going to go to Farazon's son with good intentions and wanting to tell someone else what she heard. Yeah. Like, wanting to get it out and wanting to do, like, how do we help him? He's going to tell his dad, and I think with good intentions, I don't think he's going to come in on an evil thing at all. He doesn't seem to be as in cahoots with his dad. I think he does it to basically gain sort of satisfaction and be like, oh, yeah, my dad's proud of me. Then he's going to tell his dad, and his dad's been looking for the perfect excuse to go after the Queen Regent. He he has been. I mean, this guy is so greedy. and I don't know if this was deliberate from the directors to um, display this, but Farazon was literally in the room saying, we need to get ready for this guy's death. And I thought the king was already dead. He wasn't dead. He was standing whilst the king was sleeping, saying, yeah, get ready for this guy's death. Uh, I need all the artists in here. Like, we're going to give this guy the... Can you imagine? It w- what? Like, it wasn't giving Prince Philip. Yeah. <laughs> Rest in peace. Rest in peace wherever you are. It weren't giving Prince Philip, right? Um, he was just lying. Like, he weren't dead. For oh, damn, this nigga's dead. I thought he was gone. <laughs> he was gone. I was literally thinking, Tia, just a Timberlake dead and gone MP3. I thought he was <laughs> finished. Then when I saw him lying, I thought, wait, what? 
You for this already? Like, yeah, that was that was. Is this necessary? <laughs> is, no, what are you doing? That's what I would have. Wo- I would have woken up and asked, like, "Is this necessary, blood? Like, what is your problem? Like, are you what? What? Oh, so, th- but, but, like, clearly, clearly, this man can't wait, Mister Brexit. That's what I'm calling Farazon, Mister Brexit himself. Cannot wait so he can uh, introduce all his uh, new um, ideologies, uh, yeah. policies into Numenor, especially from a political point of view. If you've got an existential threat to sell to the people. Then it's uh, that is one of the easiest ways uh, to take power or gain support. You create something to be scared of, and everyone goes crazy. Now, what Isildur's, uh, I almost said daughter, sister, ends up telling uh, Farazon Jr. was probably revealed in the uh, Palantir that she saw. Um, now, I was actually quite disappointed that um, they didn't actually show us what she saw. Or did I miss it? Did I look at my phone? Like, all I saw was her looking at the, what was, it must have been the Palantir, covered, and then that was the last time we saw her. Like, they just kind of cut off. Yeah, I was quite confused. I know I've been on my phone on and off, on and off, on and off, because I was trying to tell people I'll watch the episode and stuff. But I was like, I don't think I missed that. Much. Yeah, like that would have been that would have been a because I, I can only imagine what she saw. Uh, what I'm guessing is going to be like the um, sinking of Numenor, mm. um, and probably you know alongside the king uh, words of the king or the former king because he's dead now. But um, you know if we don't return to our former ways, this is what's going to happen to us. And then the you know the plant is there. Like, yep, this is going to happen. Like, come see this shit, babe. Like. Like, yo, it's mad. Um, and that's going to cause um, all kinds of chaos. And probably season two is probably being set up for Elendil to um, deal with that, um, particularly because um, obviously we know Elendil is a very, very, very old descendant of Aragorn. So whatever ends up happening, Elendil will probably, this is probably like how Elendil takes the throne and how he's, lineage goes on i think they're setting that up um and then isildur's uh sister i guess is uh the palantir girl i, I don't know i don't know what her role she's a juju girl yeah that's <laughs> it man but yeah anyway shout out to her i hope she's doing well you know like you know shout out beautiful woman and that um <laughs> so <laughs> I got some things to say, but I saw someone in this episode. Just you wait. Uh, I know, I, I know. You're gonna go on, but but yeah, no. Nah, wait, this, look, look, man. In terms of her contribution to the show, so again, I'm just trying to project into season two. I don't know what they're gonna do with her with season two, but sometimes you just look at someone and you're like, you know what? I hope you're having a good day because you deserve it. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I think so. Season two in Numenor is gonna be Elendil taking the throne from Elendil 1, I'm sorry, from uh, Farazon Senior and Farazon Junior. And uh, I guess as long as Isildur's sister's in the back, then it's all good, bro. So, um, yeah. <laughs> um, do you have any Do you have any theories um, around what we might see in Numenor in Season 2? I don't. I'm trying to think. And I don't know. Mm. Part of me thinks Farazon could do cahoots with Sarok. Yeah, maybe. Part of me thinks he could have cahoots to him. But I think it will be mainly the focus of um, Elendil probably trying to take, not trying to take, like as if he, he seeks power, 
Um, Because he doesn't seem like he wants it. But I think it's going to be, like, other people around him basically trying to tell him, like, you're the best person for the job at the moment. Like, gee, look look around us. Yeah. (laughs) You've got a psychopath here who wants to destroy this place. Oh, yeah. The woman's blind. Yeah. His son ain't no better. Yeah. You're our last hope. We ain't got nothing else. (laughs) It's it's looking peak. Yeah, in regards to the daughter... Because she's not an existing character in the law, they can pretty much do anything they want with do her. Whatever. Yeah, she's like a that, that's what that's um that's the thing. I guess a good advantage of having and you know, this is why I kept on saying that this is where we need writing uh to come in. If you create a character, you can use them as a joker card to do whatever function you require of them. Um so yeah, so in this instance, this is how the prophecy will be passed on, no doubt. So, yeah, it will be interesting to see um, what they do. Now, um, before we move to uh, the final, um, the bit we've, we've been waiting for, uh, I can, Priscilla, for those that aren't watching, Priscilla's smirking quite hard right now. But one one more stop, one more stop before we get to them. Um, obviously, there are a few characters that didn't appear in this episode, um, and that's namely uh, Stepped Out of the Year, Brownwin, Theo. The father that stepped up. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the father that stepped up. The stepped up. Uh, I can't, I, I don't want to put my personal opinions <laughs> on this podcast. Come on, leave him alone. That's a good dad no. and he's oh, good looking no, too. No. Like, come on, Brownwin. I know no. that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, I get it. I get it. Mate, is this how this happens? Is this how it happens? Because like, okay, right, she's got a kid, but the mum is looking... Mm, this guy, this guy's forgetting all his duties. He should, shouldn't he go link up with Gilgal and he's like, like, no, nah, they'll, they'll ring him like, yo, where, where are you at? I'm like, you know, I'm staying over here. No, like, I, no, do you know what? That's it. I actually get Brian's position. Like, uh, this good looking guy wants to look after me and my kids and loves me and my child. <laughs> She saw security. She saw protection. Can you imagine? I'm getting pregnant immediately. I'm getting pregnant that second. (laughs) I am carrying an elf child that that very second. You said you said lock lock him in. You know, wrap the legs around. I'm locking in. It's it's done. It's done. As soon as I saw him and I saw Brown, and I thought, girl, I would have done worse. First episode, I would have been. I would have been there. (laughs) Man, well. Uh, you might not have the chance because it looks like uh, what my theory about this is that um, that's the last time we're going to see them. Um, I don't know what role they have to play in season two. Maybe, maybe that's maybe that's um, a misplaced um, guess, but I'm just like their home is destroyed. They've established um, that they're going to go off and be a little family, like. The Southland is gone. It's now Mordor. This guy has decided to become a stepfather. Most of their comrades are dead. It's like, um, what are they going to do? Like, I don't think this guy's going to go off. And- ah, there's still, there's still, there's still something there. Cause I think with Theo, okay, there's yeah. something there with him. Cause I okay. think that the reason why they probably didn't appear in that last episode is because there's nothing more they can add to the current arc at that right. specific moment in time. Mm, the same way okay. we didn't see Prince Durin and stuff. Like, there's nothing these, these lot can add in that specific episode. Like, cause so much was going on. Yeah. That I feel like if you added, 
them lot in, I'd be like, because oh, what made this episode great was only focus on specific characters who are going to drag, like who are going to be the the heavyweights. Yeah, coming into it, no so pausing re- story like they didn't. No pausing in between. It was just a seamless episode from start to finish. Yeah. Um. So I think we'll probably see because I explained the theory at the end that I saw. But I think we'll probably start because I think Theo, there's something there because I don't think he's fully, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's my stink. That's my ch- that's my child right there. But I don't think he's fully gone to the good yet. I think there's something there okay. that Sauron could do with that kids because Sauron now knows the kids. Yeah, he does. He does. This is the guy. Wait, you're the guy that helped me blow up Mordor. Come through. We got an internship for you, bro. It's giving a pad one. Come on, be my pad one for a bit. Oh my days. Um, speaking, but speaking of an internship and Padawan and, um, oh, actually, um, again, I'll just park that because we do need to go quickly go to Kazadum. Sorry, dwarf fans. We didn't forget about you, but we've got, um, we've got Disa married to a man who got his chain snatched and, um, you know, things aren't, it's not looking like a happy household in Kazadum. And we know that the Balrog is there. Obviously, that didn't make an appearance in a season, uh, sorry, in the last, um, sorry, this season finale. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're going to return for season two and oh, yeah. probably going to be about dealing with the conflict between Prince Durin and King Durin and, uh, obviously the Balrog, the ticking time bomb that's, uh, practically under their beds, um, at the minute. But, Again, what did you make of their, you know, the depiction of the dwarfs and, you know, what are your hopes for season two uh, for them as well? They were the one thing from start to finish that was perfect. I would have not changed one Scooby of that. Yeah. Like, the guy who plays Pitch Jury, I want to know who he is. <laughs> he, 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 nailed, he nailed it. He nailed the whole dwarf thing. I, I loved it. Stubbornness. It's the stubbornness, the loyalty, the humour. The love, like him and Princess Princess Disa, that that that's a couple right there. Yeah, couple goals, right? It's looking a bit rocky now, but they're gonna come through. There ain't no divorce in middle earth, <laughs> but like them two, I rock with them because I like the fact that they're so different. Like she's mm. mad social and mad, like no, nah, like let's do this and let's do that, and he's more like you know what, like I'm st- I'm used to doing my own thing and all that stuff. And I like the fact that his relationship with Elrod is so sweet. Yeah. It warms my heart. It warms my cold heart. I just, oh, I just love it. And I think they handled it perfectly. Like, I, the one thing I love about like fantasy shows is shows dealing with like, some, like royalties, even shows like The Crown, yeah. is I always find it very interesting when you've got two, the heir and the heir apparent who have polarizing views on the way they run things. And I always find that, like, in The Crown, it was obviously the Queen and her mum, and then, obviously, with her children and how she deals with things. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then, obviously, in Game of Thrones, it was Tywin and Jamie and Tyrion, and, obviously, it was, like, um, Sansa and, um, what you call it? And um, what's her face? Sansa and um, her dad. Oh, um, Ned, the, yeah. Yeah, 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 Ned. So... King Durin and Prince Durin's conflict was so, was the most fascinating thing to me because it's the most grounded thing on the show because it's a realistic thing. What do you do when you know the thing you want to do poses the most risk, but you know that in the, in the end will produce the best results? And you're yeah. now trying to tell someone who rightfully has everywhere because them things there down there. Yeah. I ain't messing with them. <laughs> I ain't messing with them. I get why he shook. 
and having to try to convince his dad to now like do something the dwarves don't do, which is take big risks like that. And for elves. Yeah. Who are going to live immortally anyway. So yeah, that's, I really loved that storyline because it was the most ground. It's the one thing that kept the show grounded in reality. Cause you've got all this thing, this magic thing happening and that magic thing happening. And this person has a horse that's, listening to them and this like you have so many things going on and this was the one thing that you could always go back to and you're like oh i'm back in lord of the rings now this this is it felt it's the one storyline obviously until this episode that felt the most tolkien like i felt yeah. like i was back in the peter jackson i'm reading the tolkien books again i'm reading the law i'm reading the first age second age third age stuff so yeah i loved it yeah no no that's that's a really good point that's a really good point um yeah, I, I, to be to be honest, I, I can't really add to that. Okay, so now we can finally go to the place we have wanted to go. Ah, the big one, <laughs> the big one. Right. So the first thing we get is Galadriel running in with Halbrand, uh, claiming you know she's been riding for six days, you know, giving uh, Arwen and Frodo. And all that stuff, and um, you know they take they take to healing, and you know they heal him, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, he seems to get better surprisingly quickly um, as well. Remember, we'd never actually saw what wounded this guy, um, if you remember um, from the explosion at Mount Doom. Um, so he recovers quickly. He's out and about, and um, yeah, we see him with uh, Celebrimbor. And uh, he seems to admire him, and um, I'm just wondering, you know, does he know? Does he know what this guy is on? Does he? Or has he decided he's going to manipulate him? Um, what, what did you think of that encounter that they had when, um, you know, Harbrand was basically like, um, "Yeah, I've heard, I've heard great things about you." And uh, Celebrimbor, he seems like the kind of guy that loves. He's got a bit of an ego, and I think he was loving how. Um, Halbrand was serenading him. What, what did what did you make of that scene? I uh, hmm. I was like, I knew in the private it kept saying you're going to find out who Sauron is. Like, <laughs> okay, okay. So I was waiting. That's the that's when I, yeah. my head went, and I thought I remember weeks ago me and you kept saying this guy could be Sauron, yeah. and then we gaslighted ourselves. It to say that it wasn't him. We had his number, he did. and he the deceived us. <laughs> he deceived us. He deceived. He really deceived. I, was, I kept seeing when he was looking at Cal- um, Calibrimbo. I'm like, hmm, Fam. something is stinking here. I don't know what is stinking. There's a fish here. Yeah. That's smelling, and I don't know where the fish is, but I know it's here. I kept yeah. looking at him. I thought, I'm gonna work this out. I know. Your spirit, something ain't right. Something ain't right. You're either you're working with the guy, yeah, or you're the guy. It's one of the one of the two things. At that point, though, I just kept looking at him, and when you know when when they kept talking about the rings, and you know when he explained to him, oh, you could use it and do that. I thought you know too much, bro. You know too much. You know too much. You know he said a gift. When he said a gift, I thought, pourquoi? <laughs> what did you say? A gift. I thought, nah. I thought, you know, like, you know when that whole me, like, what does he know? Yeah. Like, what, what, like, what do you know? Nah, he was stinking wet. From then, he stunk too much. 
it was so on the nose that I kept thinking there ain't no way they're going to make him sour. That this is, is exactly much. what I thought. So I was like, at this point, is he the Witch King? That's what I was thinking. Because you know the Witch King is basically Sauron second. I'm like, yeah, is he the is he the guy doing this stuff on Sauron's behalf? Behalf of Sauron. Like, it, yeah, it was it was too on the nose, but it was still. It was still like I could just see the way it was developing. You know, the way they were talking about how, you know, the Mithra was so little and it's like, oh, you know, do we turn it into a scepter? Do we turn it into a crown? It's like, oh no, we can we can do it. We can do something smaller. Oh really? Yeah? Something small like a ring, yeah? I see. Oh <laughs> it's like, yeah, because he was like, Oh yeah, because a crown is circular and it can catch light from all different directions and i'm like there ain't enough metal there for a crown bro you know exactly what you're about to do you want them rings we have to get them rings bro he want them seven rings yeah and i was like ah he stunk and so obviously now galadriel she was smelling what you were smelling because kelebrimbo Whilst um, speaking um, about their plan for these rings, he was talking about, you know, not power of the flesh, but power beyond flesh, which is a well-known Sauron saying. So she's looking at him like, Oi, fam, you know, you know, when like, yo, she was like, yo, are you cheating on me, blood? Why? Why, why are you laughing at this man's jokes? But what, what's what's going on here, bro? Like, <laughs> where did you hear that shit from? And my guy collapsed. Karen Brimble collapsed like a sack of potatoes. Nothing to say. Oh, I, I think I think I think those are my words. It's like, bro, no composure, no composure. He skied over the bar. Just shake it, shake it, shake it. I'm like telling you, he's he's kicked over the bar. Game over. He got out of there. Even Halbrand, who is Sauron's, like fuck it. It's time for the reveal because obviously at the same time, Galadriel, who started saying this guy's smelling, man, like go, do 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 the background check on this guy, bro. I'm trying to see something, bro. A CRB check's gonna come out, sus. And they they said they said your your. You man died a thousand years ago. So who the hell are you? And then he's like, and he steps up to him and say, look, I've had many names. And I was like, bang, this is it. This is it. Um, and now I really liked, I really enjoyed um, the scene where he tempted her to power. And he like ran back that speech about, you know, you could be a queen, terrible but beautiful and adored, treacherous as the sea, strong as the foundations of the earth, all shall love me and despair. I can't believe I still remember that word for word. This is what I'm saying. I've watched, I've watched that film too many. I'm telling you, I've watched, I must have watched a fellowship 200 times. That's why I know, I, I, I just can say that phrase off the top of my head. And obviously I was getting gassed. This was good. They did like the upside down, um, reflection of them so you see Galadra in her fit yeah Sauron was in his fit they're like you are and his fit and uh, he was trying to he was trying to justify his stuff and it was like you know Sauron and Melkor their thing was they always used to say that they want to heal Middle Earth that it's not about like yeah okay we can rule and stuff and you know we need people to carry out our deeds but you know we want to we want to heal the earth and um yeah, Galadriel wasn't having it. And um, 
I guess she was also feeling conflicted about the fact that this is a man she found out on Driftwood and could have left him to die. But we now know he's one of Malcolm's most evil servants. Um, has been right in her face this uh, entire time. Entire time. Yeah, man. Um, but look, man, I love that reveal. That, uh, and maybe it's Sauron tax. I know you love Sauron. I love Sauron. So it was like, I don't know. I thought it was great. Like, what, what were your feelings when, as soon as he stepped forward and said, I've had many names? When he said that line, yeah, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> So the eye, I could see the eye in my head. I thought, fuck me. I was like, pardon my friend. I was like, no way. I was like, he's Sauron. I was, oh. I was glad you were in that moment. I was like, yeah. He's been in front of us this entire time. He were kicking with him, were he heeing, ha haing with him. Yeah. You know, admiring his clothes. He'd been a lonely man. I'm the king of the south. We were rooting for him, yeah. <laughs> and this guy, I was like, no, I actually were heartbroken. I thought, if we got, I got deceived. I gaslighted myself. <laughs> I had successfully, me who, who works in this field has somehow successfully gassed that myself. This show, I thought, I wanted to write to them, show actually sick, sick men or women, yeah. whoever wrote this, or they, them, whoever you are, yeah, you made me gas that myself and I'm so angry because yeah. we had the feeling from the first episode this guy stinks so we couldn't put our finger we on were like, There's something what it wrong. was. There was something it's wrong. either the Witch King, Sauron, you work for Sauron. We couldn't work out what one of the things yeah. was. But then he was starting to be nice to Galadriel and that. We're like, oh, this shows that we're good moral people. Because he was trying to charm her still. He was trying to... He, he do you know what? It was giving the, the devil, Satan as the snake in Adam and Eve, it was giving that, man. He was trying to yeah, tempt Yeah, honestly, tempting him with power. Like, it was giving... He wanted to do Anakin and Padme, and I'm like, not to, and she was like, not today. Not today. She was in her Obi-Wan bag. Putting her in that dream sequence with her brother as well, like, really trying to... Really trying to convince he's her. He's so sick for that. Yeah. He's, he's actually... No, he... He actually is genuinely messed up for that. Emotional manipulation, blood. This is the lev sugar. And you know what the worst thing is? He don't love her. I'm seeing people ship ship them. I need you guys to grow up, yeah? <laughs> yeah. This is not going to be Kylo Ren and, and uh -oh. Ray again. Please, yeah, yeah, grow, yeah. grow up. This is not going to be Raylo. Grow up. It's not that, oh, yeah? No. He oh, don't no. love her. He don't love... I want, I'm going to put the mic up to my face. He, he loves that power. He he wants the power. He he only wants to be with her for the sake of using her for her power. Yeah. He don't want her. I need you guys to grow up. I know they're two pretty people. I, and me, I would have been swooned. But <laughs> I need you guys to step your pussy, get the women and the day... Stop. Yeah. Stop. Because I've seen people shit. I'm like, you guys need to stop this. Yeah, he don't love her. He don't love nobody. Yeah, he's a deceiver. You be called Sarah and deceiver. You go, are you mad? Oh my god! <laughs> Scared for her life. For this, this, for this nigga's gonna kill her. Yeah. Actually, for he was for a close second. You know when she was underwater, I thought oh, she's she's gone. Even though I know she survives it, <laughs> she's in she's in the she's in the um, third age. I'm like, this this heifer, she's gonna go, isn't she? Even mm -hmm. though I know she's going to stuff, that's how like scared he made me feel. Uh, but the actor handled it perfectly. That that was a good heel turn. That was a that's up there at the racks. If it was WWE, this is top ten heel yeah. turns. <laughs> can you imagine like Sauron had music? Can you imagine if Sauron had like WWE music and like 
They just started playing it. <laughs> Friday Night Raw. I've had many names and then, oh. And have all the names listed in the background. And yeah. he's facing The Undertaker. Oh, oh, no, fuck off. Where's Triple H? Call yeah. us. <laughs> oh, Call do us. you know what? But, like, I was, I was, like, beyond gassed. And so, obviously, we know the Gladwell turns down uh, Sauron's proposal. She's pissed off at herself. And realizes straight away that, um, don't make two rings because that's how they'll be corrupted. We need a third. And that's basically how the three elven rings were made. And, um, what I liked about the closing of that scene was the, again, you know, this is directors and actors doing their thing, but there was zooming into each character's face and you could tell, at least I feel like they were trying to, um, uh, portray what they were thinking. So Galadriel seemed, there seemed like to be a lot of confusion and anger. Uh, Elrond was like, what? Because obviously he found the paper. He saw the screenshots. He was like, yo, what? This, this, this brother, this brother, what? I know. And, you know, Galadriel's like, you are not to treat with him and all that, and all that stuff. So, yeah, Elrond was like, what is going on? But the most interesting face for me was Keller Brimbor. Brimbor. He was gassed. He was smiling. I swear I was thinking of Smeagol, his face. Yes. Honestly, go back and watch it again. The way he kept, like, he was like, oh, my God, I've done it. I've done it. I've done it. Because he's always wanted that legacy that, um, you know, that he always talks that about. That thing the, to um, hold him, to, to tie to him, like, in the history books. This is very Game of Thrones. But do you remember Jamie Lannister being really upset that in the book of All the Knights, he's, he's, he was barely in it despite doing yeah. the most heroic thing on that damn dragon show, which was to kill that that wild man. The Mad King, yeah. The Mad King. It felt like that. kind of remember what I like. I need I need something for the kids to remember me by and look at what the kids are remembering you for. You helped and I. Um. You helped and I gain power. But someone actually made a very good theory on Twitter. Yeah. And I I, oh, I wish I remembered the app, right? But if I find that app, I will tweet that app so they could because it was such a good theory. But they said they think that each season of the show will be make the making of each rings. So this this season okay. was the Elvin rings. Next season, I think like the following season would be the rings for the dwarves. The next one would be the rings for the men and all that stuff. And then obviously the final season obviously will be the last battle, obviously where we see a sword or yada 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 yada. Um, so it will be a good way to structure it. It will be actually a very good way to structure the show because it actually when I heard that I thought oh that actually does make thematic yeah thematically makes sense. You have Callum Brimble, Callum Brimble like gassed that it was Sauron which means obviously he's going to then create more rings obviously we do know he creates more rings and then it would make sense to follow theoretically that structure and I thought I didn't think about that that's a very good theory I've never I've never once thought about it I no I I do I do think I do think that's good um uh to be honest um I I was gonna say because particularly I mean I know these rings were made it is to obviously prevent um, the elves from having to leave the shores because they've now managed to spread that power into those rings. So it should help keep the elves, um, in Middle Earth a little longer. But the thing with, um, the thing with Calibrimbor, um, do you know who he reminds me of? Who? 
Do you remember Professor Slughorn from Harry Potter? You remember his role? Yes. He. Yes. Sauron reminds me of how Voldemort charmed Professor Slughorn into teaching him about Horcruxes. Yes. Because he was so legacy, all his thing was like, you know, I want to achieve this, I want to achieve that. That's exactly what this guy was about. So when someone, even though you know he wants to commit the ultimate evil, but you know it's going to be remembered through the ages, I see Sauron charming the life out of Celebrit. I think I think that's how they're going to do it. Charm the socks off him, and he's gonna he's gonna get and he's gonna get that um, ring forged. It might not happen like that because um, obviously, oh, I'm just thinking about it now. You know, Halbrand he came out of nowhere and they said this guy knows how to he knows how to forge things like he's a smith. Like oh my god, we should have seen it coming. Um, but yeah, someone could be the one making help um, making the ring or Kelabimbo will help him. I think your first thing makes sense because the way you got gas. Yeah. I think he could be charmed enough to do it. It it it'd be very. Oh God, I hate using this tough as an example, but her books. You brought up her books. Yeah. But um, <laughs> she um the way Vol you know the big boldy no nose guy used um different people in Hogwarts to facilitate you know his death eaters basically to facilitate his own plan to get to the kid he was trying to kill. I need to parrot like make it clear he was trying to kill a kid. Um, for no damn reason. Um, that's what I feel like Callum Ribble's going to be in the Elven Kingdom sort of thing. Like he's going to be the um, the the betrayer, the Judas, basically, without the killing of themselves after. Mm. But it will basically be that because I I'm not completely convinced he's not going to stop doing it. Yeah, I'm convinced Sauron is like it will be a Saruman situ. Well, I think he's going to play it cool for everyone else that he's not been convinced and like, oh, you know what? Like, down with the man, down with him. Yeah. And then in the background, he's gonna be like, yeah, let me, let me, let me buck you a few rings, man. Yeah. Here you go. Let me buck you a few things. Like his face, yeah, it weren't giving. It weren't giving. He was, he was scaring me. He's not on their side. He's gonna go up to Sauron like a crackhead and be like, you got, you got any more of that legacy, bro? Like. He's, he needs that. He, no, he, he's he moving that. like Tebbers. He's moving like Tebbers when he moved to City. That's what this was giving me. Yeah. Like, nah, man. So I don't care about being the villain. I want to be remembered. And I want to be remembered. That's That's been his character development since episode one. You know, that's all he's just seemed concerned about. So he is right for complete exploitation um, from... Uh, Sauron. So we will see what happens now. Like for the next season, I'm just going to say straight away, I want to see the Witch King, man. I need to, I, I've got a feeling that the most interesting storyline that these guys are going to do is um, how he turns those uh, men with uh, the nine rings. Um, I, I just, I just, uh, I, I genuinely can't wait. I want to see. I want to see the origins of the Nazgul. I want to hear that scream, man. The, oh, man, I, I, I can't wait. What, 2024? The writers did say, because they had an article um, where they discussed it at the end of the season and stuff. I think a lot of the actors did. So the guy, oh, I'm trying to remember the guy played Halbran, who's obviously Sauron as well. Yeah. He talked about it as well. But he said it was a cosmic connection between Galadriel and him. It wasn't more of a romantic thing. It was more that they wanted power. But uh, well, he wanted power. Sorry, but I think they had one with the writers, and they basically said that they want next season to be like 
this season was obviously Galadriel, where she, where she started from, who she is, what her motivations, why is she the way she is, etc., etc., etc. Whereas next season is going to be about Sauron, because we've sort of had him staring in our face the entire time. Yeah. But you don't really know who he is anymore because we've been lying the whole time. Yeah. So the whole point of season two, they said they're going to go into the nitty gritty as to why he is the way he is, what his motivations are. Um, they they said basically it's going to be Walter White, and I thought, yo. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a very interesting description. So, so what do you what do you think they meant by that? I think they're going to make him a very complex villain. Yeah, and I'm going to compare him to the best villain I've ever seen in my in my life, book wise, comic wise, movie wise, which is Darth Vader. Yeah, Darth Vader. What makes him such and Walter White of the Walter Whites of this world, even like in the current um. Game of Thrones series like Tyrion Lannister like what makes that but I'll be used Darth Vader in this example what made Darth Vader such a compelling villain was that he was so complex and you truly understood why he was the way he was like he wasn't this all bad guy there was genuine reasons from his end as to why he turned and in a weird way you didn't want to root for him but then sometimes you did kind of root for him because you can understand his moral complexities the same with Walter White. Walter White's a bad man. That's a yeah. sick man, not a good father. He's been using Jesse Pigman like a, like a drug mule. He's hurting everyone around him, but he's so compelling. But you know, this guy almost died. Yeah. And you know, like, why, you know, how he became. Obviously, it was very slow in season one, but you knew why he became what he became. Yeah. And he was such a complex villain because you sort of wanted Heisenberg to get away with it a little bit. Yeah, no, you did, but you realised that he was just evil. Like He was just evil, he, exactly. It was a good story that, of the ends don't justify the means, you know? It means, exactly. And I think that's what I think they want to do with Sauron, is that he's a bad guy. There is no moral decency in him. He's a sick, sick man. Yeah. He will do anything and everything in his power to get power. He will lie, he will steal, he will cheat, he will do everything. But they will make it, moral morally complex enough for the average person watching it or those who know the law to think I, I don't agree with him but I get it I get it and that's what that's what I want it wasn't from him me that said I it. don't want to agree. it wasn't me that said it but I get it like I don't want to agree with anything he's doing but I'm not that you're actually me I'm let me let me put my cousin to I'm gonna root for him I was root for him in the in the in the books <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Frodo's my guy. Elijah Woods, if you ever see me, I would love to meet you. <laughs> You're my favourite person in the world because you play Frodo. But I was kind of rooting for the guy to win because <laughs> I just wanted to see what he was going to do. Yeah. But I, obviously not everyone's as sick as me in terms of villains. So, <laughs> But I, like, I want the average person to be able to like watch it like the way we watch Walter White and Tywin Lannister and all these guys that you get to understand their behaviors as to why they are the way they are and you may not agree with everything that they're doing but you understand from their perspective exactly why they're doing what they're doing that's what makes a compelling villain yeah because they have an interesting opportunity here um with these characters to make them a bit less black and white than they are because um even for people like you know when we when our first episode of the season where we talked about you know what kind of Tolkien fans we are and if you're someone that just, you know, you fell in love because of the original trilogy, all you know is Sauron equals bad. We have an opportunity now to see at least why he did that. Maybe he's not so, maybe he's not so mindless. Maybe he's not because, you know, think, you know, think about it. Like he might as well be an animal because it's kind of like, 
oh, okay, I exist, and I'm just going to be bad. Um, I want to send my orcs to go kill people. Why was he trying to conquer Middle-earth? You know, what was he trying to achieve? These are questions that these guys can answer. Now, I know um, Tolkien, like, you know, Tolkien super-duper-duper fans that decided they hated the show because of someone's skin color without even watching it might not like that take. But um, I think whenever you retell a story, you have the opportunity to retell the story. You know, don't go and do a Lion King um, live version where you just do the exact same thing and do it the same frames and just, you know, make it look a bit more modern and that's it. There's a real opportunity here to really tell a story. And if they can make Sauron's... We already know he's bad, you know, whatever. Whatever it is he needs to do. You're right. We need to see where that goes. We need to see how Gladriel turns into, you know, like, 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 you know, Gladriel was a bit, I would say whitish gray, you know, like she was prepared to sacrifice her entire legion because of her obsessions. Like, you know, even Elrond, Elrond was being a bit cheeky trying to get, trying to bust deals down in Khazar Doom. So like, we need to see, you know, we got Disa talking about, you know, maybe overthrow your father. We need these good motivations because that is what makes a good story. Not this is good, this is bad, and we have to do this. As they've got a real, 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 real interesting opportunity. So no, you're spot on. You're spot on because they're in the position that George Lucas was in the late nineties, early noughties when he had the prequels. When mm. at that time with Star Wars, and despite all the comics and stuff, because some of it's canon, some of it's not. The theory was. Anakin Skywalker was bad. Luke was good. Um, as was Han and all these guys. That like, it was just good and bad. It was the standard, you know, hero story with Luke Skywalker defeating his dad and turning his dad good. But we never got to grips as to why he was the way he was. Yeah. And obviously, the prequels and the Clone Wars and all these shows start to expand on why he is the way he is. Yeah. And which makes, which makes like, I give a perfect example. Like when I watch the Clone Wars, it makes watching Revenge of the Sith even more heartbreaking. The Order sixty six line because I now know Anakin as himself when he was pre, you know, smash 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 with a lightsaber. Um, and I feel like with this show, they could do this very thing. And if they do it, and I really hope they nail it, which is that when we now go back to read the original trilogy, or you watch the films. It will make it even more like when you watch the first twenty, like first five minutes of the fellowship and that prologue, you're going to feel even feel it even more because like, oh, I I watched these guys lead up to this point, and I've rooted for Galadriel, I've rooted and you know seeing Ilsador and his fall will make it more heartbreaking knowing exactly what he went through to get to that point. Seeing Elrond struggling to release his daughter, knowing what he went through to get to that point and his need to wanted to protect the elves. Because in the films, you understood why. But now knowing this... Yeah. How did how did we how did we get here? That's um, how did we get here? That's what a good story does. It says how do how did we get here? Yeah, basically that, yeah. So yeah, no, I think I think that's a really good point and uh probably a good place to end it. I think like what you and I just spoke about there. Um I hope they do it. I hope they do it because, like I said, writers need to write. They need to do their jobs. And there is a really good opportunity to make this um, special. I think um, we'll just give our overall thoughts um, on the season, maybe like score it out of 10. Um, and then this particular episode as well. I think we've said enough about what we want from the new season. And I'll certainly be watching it. Um, 
you know, because of what we've just said, um, mostly because, you know, particularly Sauron, you know, let's see how this, the biggest villain that doesn't even have a single line in any of the previous um, movies, let's see how he gets to where he is. So, um, yeah, so I'll score the season out of 10. Um, and I'm going to give it a 6.9 out of 10. There were some good episodes like this episode, but there were some really, really bad ones. Some ones that made me think, do I even want to continue this? So I think I'm not giving it seven. Seven sounds too positive. So I've just dropped it just below, uh, 6.9 out of 10. Um, but that last episode, amazing. I'm going to give it a nine. I, uh, same rating, six, seven is too high. Six point nine, 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 yeah, nine, nine, nine. That That's like hate tax. Got to do, you got to. I can't, if, if I talk about what last episode and episode four did to us, yeah. Yeah. I was this close to not recording this damn pod because <laughs> it was hot <laughs> garbage. <laughs> Bin juice. But. Like, yeah, you know, sometimes it'd be good, sometimes it'd be shit, <laughs> in the words of Gattuso. Um, so, yeah, they when they nailed it and they hit out the park, they hit out the park and they nail it. Yeah. When it's bad, it's bad. Whoever wrote this episode needs to be on permanently. Whoever wrote exactly. it and directed it, keep them. I don't want no one else. Keep keep them. Keep them. Honestly. I don't see no one else. Leave it there. For this episode... Well, I'm gonna leave it at ten. I would have not changed it. I, yeah, I yeah. tried to hate, but that episode was too perfect. <laughs> I would have not changed not one thing. That was that's the best episode of the series by a country yeah. mile. That that's the standards. See, this is this is what I want. That's how high I want each episode to be to be of that standard. Because I thought, what episode did we really like? Episode three, right? And episode episode three and episode five were the two stand up for us at that. At before this episode but this one blew out of the water so yeah i'll give this one a 10 very yeah. good episode uh, no you know what fair enough i won't i won't argue with that i won't argue with that at all um so yeah let's hope let's hope we get this uh development hopefully we're speaking to you guys in uh 2024 so um that wraps up uh the rings of power season one uh thank you uh for joining us on this journey so it's been with me uh Chiazzo, and uh, Priscilla. Priscilla, I don't know if you want to give any of your social medias or... Um, so my Twitter is P-R-X-S-C-I-L-L-A-I-D-K. I just tweet about Fabian Frankel all day, <laughs> every day. Again, I'm on my hands and my knees. <laughs> Whenever you want me, I'm here. <laughs> oh, my day. I'm here. I'm sorry, I saw him on Jimmy Fallon. And even the height's not bothering me. And I'm a heightist. I care. <laughs> and the five for seven thing ain't bothering me. Wow. Wow. That's some pre, pre, uh, pretty privileged there. Pretty privileged. No, when your face card don't decline like that, it don't matter. Also, I wanted to shout out um, and tell people that um, to read the books, if you've never read the Lord of the Rings books, Try and read it, or if you're not into reading, because not everyone is, try and listen to the audiobooks. It's genuinely one of the best fantasy books yeah. of all time. Like, I'm not even mincing my words. Like It's Tolkien like when the pen was going crazy. Yeah. like He created a whole universe that we're still like literally participating in even now. So if you're going to get anything from me that I love Fabian Frankel or the fact to read The Lord of the Rings. And if you're into that and you like it, try and read some of the lore. 
you don't have to. Don't make you a better fan if you don't. But yeah, that's what I've got to say. Yeah. Look, guys, this was a decent season, man. Ignore ignore the racists because um, I, I promise you most of the negative views about it were, were fueled by that, which is it's really unfortunate, but it is what it is. Um, yeah, they see a black face and um, suddenly there was, there's a problem. Um, and we know that's true because they were complaining before we saw a single episode. So for people to turn around now and try to say something different, um, ignore that. Like Priscilla said, you know, read the books, get into the law. This is a really, really exciting universe. And, you know, these guys are giving it a go. Um, and, you know, I think, I think we should stick with it. Um, mostly because this is actually quite good. Yes, we gave it a seven out of 10, but there were some poor episodes. But at the same time, the overarching story, the characters we've got to deal with, it's going to be good. And I would hate for you to miss out on season two. So um, thank you ever so much. That was the uh, Popcorn for Dinner podcast, Rings of Power with me and Priscilla. And hopefully we will see you next season. Bye. Bye. Let me see. Oh, it's Ivan Tony. Oh, he's in my fantasy football. I've seen it. He's in my fantasy football. Wait, how many points did he get me? Just five points. Five measly points, you know. Not a disappointment.